0: Plan savings with three lines of T Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Come on, side, 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 side. <laughs> Grab the yells on the threat. Come on, side, Come on, Come on, Come on. Come on. What up, y'all said love? It's time for another, come on, son, the podcast episode. I'm feeling real good today. Don't forget, this is always being brought to you by CigarsInternational.com. Go to CigarsInternational.com for all of your cigar needs. When you check out Ed10OFF, that's Ed10OFF, Ed10OFF, get 10% off your entire purchase. Thanks, CigarsInternational.com for always sponsoring this wonderfully, beautifully, Uh, put together podcasts, and also big up to, of course, Kimana Paulus and, of course, Krista Hayes for all that they do, all of it, every single thing that they do concerning this podcast, man. I appreciate it. I'm feeling good today. Um, Just got off the phone with a few people from AM New York, um, Vibe Magazine, and, uh, gee, who was the other one that I interviewed with today? Well, they wanted... It was AM New York vibe and damn, 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 damn. Can't remember offhand, but I'm feeling good about the interviews that I did because they wanted to talk about Yo! MTV Raps. Um, June 1st at the Barclays Center in New York City, we're doing uh, the Yo! MTV Raps 30-year anniversary. I'll be there. Fab will be there. Dre will be there. T-Money will be there. Kairos One, Eric B and Rakim, EPMD. Young Black Teenagers. It goes on and on and on and on. There's going to be so many people performing. Fat Joe It's going to be fucking epic. So if you don't have your tickets, get your tickets right now. Because this is going to be some shit. And I'm very, very happy about it. I'm proud about the 30-year anniversary of TV Rats, One of the most important hip-hop video television shows ever. When I was growing up in Queens, New York, man, all we had was Video Music Box. We had Ralph McDaniels and the Vid Kid. And... You cannot diminish the impact that that show had on our lives. Like, we watched Video Music Box, right? And then I remember when Channel 11 tried to do this show called Graffiti Rock, and Running Them performed on it. I think The Treacherous Three performed on it. But the dude that was hosting Graffiti Rock, I think he might have been a producer on the shit, too. But he was kind of, it was, this shit just wasn't popping to me, son. You know what I mean? He seemed like he was forcing it. Like, he really didn't know anything about the music. Like, he wasn't really familiar, you know, with who the artists were and shit like that. And then, you know, my man Ted Demi and Peter Doherty, the architects of Yo MTV Raps, put together this pilot episode for Yo MTV Raps, right? Hosted by Run DMC, Jazzy Jeff and Fresh Prince. They was on tour. They showed some rap videos, went on MTV, MTV loved it, commissioned the show, the great, super cool himself, Mr. Super Cool, I call him, uh, Fat Five Freddy comes on as host, and then I start going crazy, Bugger Ted Demi, let me get an audition, I need to be on Yarm TV Raps, and in 1989, me and Dre debuted on Yarm TV Raps. A lot of questions people want to know, did I know Dre ahead of time? Never met that motherfucker before a day in my life. Now, I knew about his music, um, I knew about Original concept. You know, it was a great group. I was familiar with what him and T Money had put down with original concept. Dre was on BAU um, doing radio at Adelphi College in Long Island, New York. Didn't know about that too much because I really didn't get it. You know, I couldn't. I, when I was in Queens. Dre was in Westbury, so if I wasn't had my antenna right, we couldn't. We really couldn't get that. Um, even stretching by Beatle show at some times you didn't get it. You know, you just, you try to listen to it. But I was in Queens. So I really didn't get it all, all the time. So when I met Dre, actually met Dre at the audition, Ted had the foresight to, to audition us both on tape together and then take it to MTV and say, this is what I want. MTV said, we got enough money for one. Ted came back and said, would you and Dre split money? We said, yes. And off we go on our journey in 1989, March of 1989, for Your Own TV Rats. For Young Own TV Rats, premiered, the series premiered with Fab Five in 1988. What a great time for music. What a great time for hip-hop. I'm proud as punch. Man, I'm from the from the same neighborhood as Run DMC, LL, Cool J, not too far. I knew Jam Master J for many years. He's living on two hundred and fifth street. I'm living on two hundred and ninth street. It's set up like a grid, right? You got certain um freaking uh, avenues and stuff in between, but it was pretty much two ninth, two eighth, two seventh, two sixth. And it just kept going up, going up with some avenues in between, 116, 115, 114, 113, 112, 110th, Hollis Avenue, Murdoch Avenue, Springfield Boulevard, Francis Lewis Boulevard. Farmers Boulevard. We all lived in that, that same area. You know, Russell Simmons is from over there. That's Run's older brother. Russell used to throw parties at the ice cream parlor up there on Hollis Avenue. My brother had a club with his friends on the corner of uh, Springfield and Murdoch called the Fog House. Um, so, you know, your early lessons of, of going up there and, you know, seeing – him bring Curtis Blow through, run on the turntables, run a DJ run son of Curtis Blow. Um, that all that early stuff, and then Russell starts blowing up and he's doing Def Jam and running them his own profile, and they're the biggest fucking acts in the world. And they're putting Queens on the map, which was important to us because we got no respect, anyhow, anywhere, anyplace. I'm rhyming it. as an MC, and I'm splitting my time as an MC, rhyming in the parks and the streets between my band. Oasis 2, which developed into the Function Freaks, which eventually went on to become No Face. Um, so I'm doing that and doing this, and then this Young TV Raps thing comes along. And I knew I knew hip-hop. I had a lot of hip-hop records. I had a lot of hip-hop records. I was also a DJ. A lot of the, you know one thing people don't know about me is I'm a DJ. I've been DJing since probably like 13 years old. I was with a group called Master Sound that lived around the corner. Then after Keith died, I really kind of, in around 77, when I was going into high school, I really just started concentrating on being a musician, being an artist. Not a great one, by the way, but just being a trumpet player in this band called Oasis 2. But between that, Oasis 2, at the same time, I'm still rhyming. Like, everywhere I go, if I get a chance to rhyme, I'm rhyming. So when shit, your TV Raps came along, in 1989, for me, when we when we got on the air, March of 1989, that's really when my career as Ed Lover took off. That's when it became like this is Ed Lover, but I'm still with the Function Freaks and Oasis to No Face at the same time, doing the same era. So it was just like really crazy for me to go from being somebody nobody fucking knew. Like, I mean, on a fame scale to becoming this Ed Lover guy. Um, and I got the name Ed Lover because of my mom. My mom would be 80 this year, so I'm to say happy birthday to my mom on this podcast. Um, I got it, this TV Raps name, the name Ed Lover, from this girl being angry at me. I had gone through a bad breakup with a young lady, and I was in my fuck everybody phase that every man goes through when they get their heart broken. You know, you take it out on the next one. And, uh, you know, I'm trying to play the field. I'm I'm hollering at her. I'm hollering at her cousin. I'm just hollering at everybody. And she was like, Ed, I can't stand you because you think you're a lover. And I had the Young TV Raps joint coming up. And I was like, yeah, I am a lover. I'm Ed the lover. And I hung the phone up on her. Went upstairs. My mother was in the kitchen. My room was the basement. I swore I had my own apartment Uh, because it was a side door to it. Um, And I asked my mom, I said, Mom, you know, audition for this show, what do you think about Ed the Lover? And uh, I had used it before on another show during the time when we were on, trying to do some stuff with hip-hop and, you know, kind of seeing hip-hop television was going to explode. And uh, my mother said, I don't like Ed the Lover. I like Ed Lover. I don't like the the part. And I took it to the audition of Young TV Raps. Ed Lover was born. Thanks, (laughs) thanks ma <laughs> thanks MTV man but you know it's a trip looking back on it and seeing that it's been thirty years like and you still are known for something that was such a big part of people's lives thirty years ago it's it really sometimes like you know I'd be tripping off of it. Like, you know, people walk up to me, man, I watched you, and they tell their kids, you know, yo, I watched you on your own TV raps, man. I, you know, I grew up with you on hip hop and all of this other stuff like that. It's just, that, that's pretty, pretty amazing. And that's, that's a really, really blessed position to be in, you know? So I really, you know, want to thank Ted and Peter. Ted Demi Peter Doherty for putting this show together, man, and giving me an opportunity to launch my life because of it. Like YomTV TV Raps was a catalyst for everything that I've done since then. It was a catalyst for Who's the Man. It's been a catalyst for Hot 97 Radio. It's been a catalyst for me moving to L.A. and, and another radio job and another radio job and another radio job. Even up to this day, the catalyst has always been on you know, TV Raps and I'm very very proud of that like there's nothing that I could take away from that you know and people always ask me about um your know, MTV Raps and a lot of the, uh, of the uh, reporters were asking me about that very last um the very last show of your MTV Raps that last show that we did um in nineteen ninety six you know and how I felt about it, and you know having all of those guys freestyle on it was crazy it was just it was just ridiculous, man, and it's nothing else that I would have rather been a part of ever in my entire career than your on t v raps I mean that was it for me it just everything about it, man, that show meant the world. It gave everybody a glimpse into what was going on with other cultures. You know what I mean? Um, it gave you if you were living in within the hip hop culture, if you were living in Boston, Massachusetts, and you heard of Ed O G and the Bulldogs, I gotta have it. But you were in Philly and you had three times dope and and cash money and marvelous and Jazzy Jeff and Fresh Prince, and the youngsters, you had no idea what was going on in Boston. But if you watch your on TV raps, you knew who these artists were and, and where they were from. If you lived in Oakland, California, you probably heard it too short and the far side, and hieroglyphics crew, you know, 93 till infinity and all of that, Della Funky Homo Sapien. But you might not have known what was going on in Boston, Massachusetts. You know, and but you watch your own TV raps, you found out. So, all of these artists, man, I'm just proud to be a part of this 30 year anniversary experience and concert. It's June 1st it's at the Barclays Center in New York City. Man, we got KRS1, we got Fat Joe, Dougie Fresh, the queen of hip hop, MC Light, Eric B. and Rakim, EPMD, Big Daddy Kane, Nice and Smooth, Onyx is. Is coming back. The Bizarre Ride to the Far Side, because the far side is, is broken up, so they call it the Bizarre Ride to the Far Side now. Yo-Yo, Doss Effects, Flavor Flav, YBT, Young Black Teenagers, DJ Scribble, DJ Scratch, Brand New beans are performing, Roxanne Shante, Black Sheep, Kid Capri, Melly Melon, Scorpio, The Furious Five, and many, many more, man. You know, I know for a fact the B-Nuts are going to be there. It's going to be man, it's going to be crazy. It's gonna and I'm, and I'm proud to have been a part of it, man. I, I'm proud to have been a part of something that was so epic. You know, a lot of people like to talk about when I had to put my hand over Tupac's mouth when he was talking about the Hughes brothers. But I like to watch, you know, his performances, man. And I like to watch Naughty perform on Live Fridays and Heavy D and the Boys and Run DMC and Eric B and Rock Kim. Queen Latifah, Mary J. Blige and Grand Puba, Brand Nubians. Man, we had Nice and Smooth. You know, we had so many people just come on T V Raps and perform that live Friday. Nice and Smooth shit, they came. They had their singers and their dancers with them when they performed on T V Raps. That's how important that show was to a lot of people. You know, Fab out in the street, giving us a glimpse into what was going on with N.W.A. and and and, and what was really going on in Compton, be when they had Ice Cube and then after Ice Cube. I mean, it was it was it was amazing. It was amazing, and then there were so many shows that that um, tried to emulate what we were doing. They had Pump It Up with D. Barnes. You know what happened between her and Dre, unfortunate. And then B.T. comes along and tries to do what we do. With Rap City, cheap imitation takeoff of your own TV raps. Your own TV raps was a worldwide show. When I grew up in Queens for a long time, we didn't have MTV. Matter of fact, we didn't have cable. The first thing I remember was WHT. It was called Mecca Home Theater, and they showed movies. And then cable, didn't, cable came along long after WHT, and... We still didn't have MTV for a while, and then finally we got MTV. So if we didn't have MTV, you know we ain't had no goddamn BET. And I had the Ed Lover dance, worldwide famous dance, that you play the 900 number now. I'm standing there, everybody look at me to do the dance. And then they had my man on, called himself the mayor, and he had to shake this arm thing and try to do his dance. That shit wasn't like the Ed Lover dance, boy. It wasn't. I'm proud to say that I had a fucking dance, yo that people still know right now. They love a dance. I had a dance. I came off of a show that made my whole entire life and my entire career, and that's on TV Raps, the catalyst of all my radio. I've been on the radio since 1993, right? But before that, Dre and I did weekends on WBLS in New York. We started at Hot 97 in 1993, and that's because Steve Smith came to the set of yo and was talking to our manager at the time, Charles Stettler, and wanted somebody with some credibility to head up the morning show. And they tapped me and Dre. And um, I've been in radio ever since. And this is 2018, and I'm still working in radio because of your own TV raps. That's how important to me and my life the show was. I made really good friends, man. And I had some fucking experiences that are priceless you know I remember we interviewed Mike Tyson in Vegas on the golf course this is a funny ass two part story so we wanted to shoot him his house is on the golf course in Vegas so we go down and we go through the back gate right onto a golf course and they couldn't find a fucking key to open the back gate so we all have to climb over the fence so Mike he's a tip top shape of his life he's fighting Razor Ruddick He's got on a overall short, you know, the overalls, with the, but they shorts, no shirt, kicks are on, hat is on. He's chilling. He's iron fucking Mike Tyson, the best beast. I get over the fence with ease. Ted Demi gets over the fence. The cameraman gets over the fence. Sound guy gets over the fence. Fucking Don King is like, he ain't jumping over the fence. He'll stay there. Here comes Dre. We get his big ass up to the top of the fence. He's fucking holding on. And Mike had one of those a freaking ornament on the top of the gate. And Dre is holding on to the ornament. Once he gets his leg over the other side, you know, the gate is up about, I think, about five, six feet. Dre snaps the fucking ornament and falls onto the fucking uh, golf course. And Mike Tyson starts cursing his ass out. You fat motherfucker. You fucking broke my fucking gate. Oh, you son of a bitch, I'm going to make you come out here and fucking train with me. And we all freaking dying laughing. So, long story short, Dre is walking with Mike Tyson behind me. I'm walking in front of him. Dre's interviewing him, right? So I'm in front of him, and Ted wants me to lead to the commercial. Like, we'll be back with more of you on TV raps. I am Mike Tyson in the building. So Dre's talking to him. You know, Mike, what makes you so hard? You know, what makes you do... You know, that, where does that killer instinct come from that you seem to possess every time you get in the ring? And Mike is like, yo, well, Dre, I'm from Brooklyn. You know, I grew up hard. I'm from Brooklyn. You know, I had a list when I was going up so I used to knock motherfuckers out. Oh, I can't say motherfuckers. You know, I used to rob people. Cause, you know, I grew up hard. I grew up very poor in Brooklyn. Now, there's always been an underlying rivalry of boroughs in New York City, whether it be Brooklyn the Queens or The Bronx, you know, to Manhattan or Harlem. You know, Harlem ain't no borough, but, you know, Shaolin, all of that. There's always been an underlying little rival, especially because Queens and Brooklyn is so connected and they so, you could just literally don't have to cross a bridge or anything to get from Brooklyn to Queens. So Ted tells me to go bring us back. So I'm staying, I'm about four feet in front of Mike. So I go, yeah, all right, there's a. We'll be back with more of on TV Raps. My man, Dr. Dre. I am Mike Tyson. Get ready fight fight Razor Ruddock. We out here in Vegas for the fight. We coming back with more. My man, Mike. You know, Mike back there talking all that Brooklyn junk. I don't know what he's talking about because I'm from Queens and a punk from Brooklyn ain't never had nothing on somebody from Queens. So Mike goes, oh, Ed, you think you are funny? And run up behind me and punch me in a rib cage. But he didn't punch me like he was trying to punch Michael Spinks a Razor Ruddock. he gave me like one of them love homeboy, shut up, bow, taps. All the wind went out of me. Oh, man, everything was gone. And I went down on one knee, but I bounced right back up. I was like, Mike Tyson ain't knocking me out with a body shot. I bounced right back up, and then my legs turned to jelly, and I fell out. And Mike stood over me. He's like, oh, now Ed's going to fucking sue me. I'm trying to catch my breath. I'm like, Mike, everybody's fucking dying laughing to me. I'm like, I ain't going to sue you. Like, you're my man. Like, come on. I ain't suing Mike Tyson, man. But that's the kind of people that we had on the show, man. We had, we. Had, I know he's going through a lot, and he's in the, right now he's a convicted convicted sex offender. But Bill Cosby was on the show for a week. That came about when Bill Cosby saw me do a character called Perry J. Perrywinkle the III, his daughter told him about the show. And um, he watched the show while he was doing the Cosby show. And he called up and he t- told me how much he loved the character and he wanted to come and do the show and then he was going to have me on his show. And true to his word, he came down. We shot a week's worth of your own TV raps with Bill Cosby. And um, it's really unfortunate what's going on with him. Uh, it's, it's just it's bad on, on every way you look at it. It's just horrible. I'm kind of at a loss of words about it. Um, I don't think any woman should have to go through that. Um But we did a week work for shows with Bill Cosby, and then he had me on the Cosby show. I was actually on the Cosby show twice. The first time, I ended up on the cutting room floor, and then he had me back, and he made the joke at the table read that Ed is not going to end up on the cutting room floor because he's playing the doctor, and everybody was clapping. He said, no, you're playing the cab driver again. And we did that, man. We had James Brown on. We had Shaquille O'Neal on early in his career. We had Mel Gibson on on the Humble. We had... uh Carol King on in the early days. Dre and I used to eat popcorn, and I remember MTV told us to stop doing the food days because we were talking with with food in our mouth, and we just did so much stuff. You know, Easy E, I put Easy E in the smash, and then he uh, whispered something in my ear. People still see that clip and ask me about it. It was just amazing. Eric around Kim, Tribe Called Quest, rest in peace, Fife Dog. Daylight Soul, Brand New Heavies, bringing that hip-hop element of your own TV raps live from spring break. It was was just like one of the most amazing times of my life, and I'm so thankful for it. And June 1st, I hope you guys can just make it out to the Barclays Center in Brooklyn for this epic night, this anniversary, this celebration of the most important hip-hop video show ever. Yo MTV raps people come up to me and I learn to speak English From watching you on your MTV raps. I made, a, I made a shit load of money in your MTV raps too. I met fucking Russell and Leo. I had my own label because of your MTV raps. We had no face records. Um, when you look at stuff and you enjoy the ride that you have with it, there are some regrets. One of the regrets is that I was part of a group outside of MTV, a group that evolved from me becoming a part of their band, Oasis 2, in 1977 and staying with them all the way through. Now, think about what I just said. I was in this band in 77. I didn't get on your MTV Raps to 89. I remember going down to Jack the Rapper with them. We rented a car and drove from New York to Atlanta. Jack the Rapper was a big music convention in Atlanta. Nobody knew who I was. We didn't have passes. Somebody had to hook us up. We just was trying to get a record deal. We cornered Russell in an elevator and played our tape for him. And all of these years later, I'm on MTV, and Russell and Lear are managing me. And all these years later, Columbia Records give Russell Rush-associated labels and we evolved from Oasis 2 to the Function Freaks, F-U-N-K-T-I-O-N, Function, F-R-E-E-K-S, to it's just three of us doing parodies. And we did a parody that I wrote of um, – because i always done parodies. I had – My Skeezers was a parody of My Adidas. I'm In Your Hole was a parody of I Know You Got Soul. It's been a long time. I Shouldn't Left You – Without a warm bed to step to. Think about all the weak sex you slept through. Time's up. Sorry I kept you. Waiting for this. You didn't want to miss. My dick get hard for a take-up piss. And when you lay in the bed with your legs in the air soon. As I finish. Run to the bathroom. Let me pump the pussy to it overflow. Then you grab the headboard. And there you go. It's a fall of the word. And the word ain't sold. When I'm up in it. I got out of your hole. I've pumped your pussy like a red alert. I touch a twit. I touch your tits. You go berserk. This ain't the same boring guy you got stuck with because look at all the new positions I've come up with. Look at my dick. My shit is big. Phenomenal. I'll bang you out like I did a long time ago. It can be done. The Only I can do it. The dude, you want to clap, your hands or fuck to it. I start to sink. I start to think, and then I sink into the pillow because your pussies stink. When I'm fucking, I'm trapped in between the sheets. I escape when is released. I'm in your hole. So I was doing stuff like that. And my man Mark Skeet one day suggested, he heard me doing, um, Jungle Brothers had a house record out called Girl I'll House You, I'll House You was the name of the record, Girl I'll House You, You in My Hut Now. So I wrote a parody called Hump Music, Girl I'll Hump You, Girl I'll Hump You, You in my bed now, my bed when you're in my bed. You give me head, drop your drawers freely, give me that pussy, hump, hump, a little harder, hump, hump, don't wake up your father, hump your body. So I did that, and we recorded it. We went to the studio, recorded it, we put it out on a small independent label, and it was hump, and then it turned nasty into girl, I fuck you. So we had no real, this is way before Young TV Raps, we had no real face. In the music industry, so we called ourselves No Face. And when that record came out, I believe I was on MTV. When that record came out, house music was really big. And we used to wear ski masks and we bring strippers on stage with us, but but we put pasties over their nipples. And we toured with KC Flight, um, Sweet Pussy Pauline, Ten City, Joe Monda all of these groups we used to do a lot of shows with them we just had that we had that one record so my biggest regret of your tv raps is once we got a deal with rush associated labels once we were, were, were getting ready to put our own album out um we had bitches with problems you know nwa niggas with attitudes we had bitches with problems lying and um First video directed by Hype Williams. I had to sign off on Hype's first video. Um, MTV got wind of the content of the songs on the album. The album was called Wake Your Daughter Up. We had a song on there called, and it was a beautifully shot picture of all three of us coming through. looks like a girl's bedroom window, right? Because we did a parody of, of We Want the Funk. By Parliament. It was called We want the Fuck Then and then Wake Your Daughter Up. All oh, we need to fuck then and then Wake Your Daughter Up. Yo, no Face just came here to fuck. Possibly to get a dick sucked. So that's the kind of shit we were on. We were gonna be the East Coast. We the East Coast two live crew. That's pretty much who we were. And we had Sean there who's a great singer. The first video we released is called Half. Um you can look that up on YouTube. I was in the video too. Flow, um, Flavor Flav, um, was called Half, and MTV got wind of the adult content that we were doing at the time, and gave me an ultimatum: um, I'd leave you on TV raps and stop, or I'd bow out of No Face, and my face couldn't be on the cover of the album, my name couldn't be in the credits of the album, or anything. So if you go and look the Wake Your Daughter Up album cover, you'll see, you can find it, you can Google it, Wake Your Daughter Up, No Face, and you'll only see Sean and Mark on there, but there's a space between them, and that's where my my image was. And They had to take my image off, but you can go get the album and listen to it, you can hear my voice. If you know my voice, it's all over the album. And I regret that in the sense that I kind of feel like these two guys that I was with my entire career I had to walk away from it. And I'm going to tell you why I walked away from it. Not because I didn't believe in it, even though it never blew up. But because at the time, we programmed all the videos for Yarm TV Raps. At the time that No Face album was coming out, Dre, myself, Fab, and Ted sat down and programmed what we were going to play, when we were going to play it, and what day we were going to play it. Fab and Ted would sit down and do Fab show, and then Trey and I would sit down with Ted and do the weeks, the weekly show, plus the Saturday countdown. So it was more important to me at the time, and especially because we owned the label. I had 33 and a third percent of no-face records, and we had bitches with problems out, and we had us, and then we were going to do the live squad, but we signed the live squad to Tommy Boy. That was important for me, to still be there to program the videos. Whatever video my label would put out, I would have the opportunity to play my video on one of the biggest platforms. It's not the biggest platform in the world. That's why I bowed out. But years later, when Jenny McCarthy comes to MTV, she's naked and playboy, but that's okay for her to show her pussy. But it was not okay for me to say, I want to fuck wake your Daughter. Up. You know what I mean? It wasn't okay for me to make records like Fake Hair Wearing Bitch, You Know You On My Dick, Why You On The Front On Me. That's when the weeds were just really coming out and we just went hard. We were fucking two live crew. and two live, Actually, Fake Hair Wearing Bitch is featuring the two live crew. Um, That is a regret of mine. I don't know what it was, but all I'm going to say is like this, and I'm going to be 100% honest with y'all because it's 30 years later. We were treated a certain way. And white people at MTV that was on the air were treated a little bit better than we were. And that's the truth. Dre and I, if you look it up, before Jon Stewart had a show, Dre and I had a show called The Show that we created that was not like your MTV raps. And then they take they take the same concept and did it with Jon Stewart. You know, everybody was we were kind of like the bastard children of MTV. It was like, oh, downtown, Julie Brown, you know, um, Adam, Adam with hard thirty, and oh yeah, 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 y'all MTV raps, but our ratings was fucking way higher than theirs, and this is the way it was. MTV wasn't wasn't used to dealing with black people like that. I mean, they had the one of the original VJs, J J Johnson, but he wasn't like. You know, he's black, but not culturally. He's more like Brian Gumble. You know what I mean? Like, Brian Gumble's a black man, but he ain't culturally a black man. Dre, myself, Fab, and T-Money were culturally brothers. Like, through and through. Brothers. So I don't think they knew how to deal with it, or maybe they didn't even want to deal with it, but I know for a fact we were treated, treated differently. And I know for a fact that if Jenny McCarthy was allowed to be in Playboy and still be on MTV years later, that I should have been allowed to do whatever kind of music that I wanted to do and be a part of a group that I have been a part of and friends with since 1977 and put out whatever music that I wanted to put out. I don't know if it was just the content of my music or I often wonder, even when Dre and I went on to do the Back Up Off Me album, after that, was it Let's Not make him help him become bigger than the channel and that's always a challenge too even when dre and i was on hot 97 and we put out the backup off me album and we put the single out somebody told me years later that one of the vice presidents of uh of Emmets, who owned a lot of stations around the country took our record and put a thumbtack in it on the wall and told all the djs and everybody you better not play this record because I guess, you know, you get bigger than the station and you come back in and you're like, okay, you wanted me to stay here. You got to give me money and a lot of it. So, I mean, I was already making a lot of fucking money. I mean, I don't mind telling y'all since we talking about you on TV Raps that before you on TV Raps, I was a high school security officer in Queens, New York, in Andrew Jackson High School. I worked for the city of New York. I made $723.00 at $0.56 cent every two weeks after taxes, $723.56 every two weeks after taxes. I went from that to still doing that for a while and getting a gig on the TV Raps. Dre and I had to split $1,000 a week between us two. So I made $500. Dre made $500. I went from my salary still Coming in every Thursday to do your MTV TV raps and my my uh my senior boss over there looking out for me, let me slide out and do what I needed to do. I went from doing that, your MTV rap shit, five hundred dollars a week plus my seven twenty-three every two weeks. So I was making a thousand dollars every two weeks and then my seven twenty-three fifty cent, fifty-six cent. So I made seventeen hundred, right? $23.56 between them two jobs every two weeks. I made $1,000 from MTV and then the 700 after taxes. I went from that to $250,000 a year on the first negotiated contract. The first contract, $250,000 a year. And damn near a million five when I left and when it ended in 96. So I was making money. I was making a good fucking living. And then MTV overlapped with, for three years, MTV overlapped with Hot 97. And I walked into Hot 97 making a lot of money, a shitload. You know, if you compare it to what my parents made, I made, nobody in my family, in in, in, all the generations of my family made as much money as I did because of this, and this is all because of hip hop. All because of hip hop. You think about it. I've never since that security job. I ain't never had a or like a regular job, like eight hours, please. We shot you on know, TV Raps. We shot all six shows, or beginning five, in one day, and then they added that uh, weekend countdown show that Drain did. So that's six shows a week, and then there was that one time you on TV Raps was on twice a day. Twice a day. Plus the weekend show came on twice on Saturdays. We was all over the place. We was getting we was getting paper. We was doing our thing this this show. Yo MTV Raps. Thirty year anniversary, June first at the Ball Clay Center. Like I told you, Karis one EPMD, yo yo, Flavor Flaves doing, you know, Cold Lampin' with Flavor Flav and Nine One One's a Joke. Eric B and Rakim. Yes, Eric B. and Rakim. KRS-One, Big Daddy can Let It Roll, Get Bolder, Just Can't Hold Back A Focus on the Man with Soul and Control and Effect. And what the heck, rock the discotheque and his groove is what's next? Yeah, him. Rakim, Juice Know the Lead, Sip the Juice. I got enough to go around. June 1st, Barclays Center in New York. Epic night. Celebrating the history of one of the most, most important shows in rap music history. Rest in peace, Heavy D. I know you would be there if you were still alive. Craig Mack, Biggie, Pop. All of them would have been there. All of them. Definitely. Definitely. I had another bad creation on your own TV raps, son. I had I had TLC on your own TV raps. So I had Mary J. Blige on your own TV raps. So Grand but Brand New is performing. Pooh and Mary. What's the 411? Queen La. You know what I mean? I had people on his show, son. Crazy. Fab had the Fab had, uh of the new school when they broke up on his show. Fab had Michael Jordan on his show. MJ, the greatest of all time. Allen Iverson. We had Shaq Diesel on our show. Never forget that. Epic. Epic shit and we celebrate that and I'm proud I'm proud to be a part of it man like I said earlier I'm feeling good today because I just did some interviews with Vibe and AM uh, New York and a lot of other people about the show and what the show means the legacy of Young TV Raps I'm proud to have been a part of that along with my partner Dr. Dre didn't always get along but we love each other always had differences Dre's a man I'm a man so, we didn't always see eye to eye, but it was never, you know, you can never say we had fought each other, but you might say fuck each other a couple of times. But I love that motherfucker. He loved me. And at the end of the day, that's all that matters. You can't say Ed Lover without Dr. Dre, you can't say Dr. Dre without Ed Lover. That's just the way it is, and the way it always always will be. That's my dude right there. T Money, God bless you, man. And thank you, everybody that worked on the show Moses Edinburgh, Todd Brown. Penny McDonald, Jack Beansham, my man Big Rod, Kitty Buford, Kent, oh man, and Ted Demi and Peter Doherty. I can't even begin to express my gratitude to Ted and Peter for giving me a shot to make something special out of my life. I remember I had a teacher, Mr. Weiss, earth science teacher, and I was fucking around in his class, clowning, you know, talking. I can always talk, y'all. This is where this shit comes from. You talk to my mom, she'll tell you. That was a talking-ass baby. I can always talk. And uh, Mr. Weiss said to my class one time, my, my, my first name is James. I'm very proud of that. I'm a, I'm a junior. Um, My father was James Singer. I'm James Jr. James Edwin. That's where the Ed comes from. James Edwin Roberts Jr. So he goes, James. I go, yes, Mr. Weiss. He said, you know what you are? I was like, where am I, Mr. Weiss? He said, you're an unemployed clown. If you keep acting like that, you're never going to get anywhere in life. There's a white man telling me I'm an unemployed clown. I get on your own TV raps. I go back up to my old high school. Kelly Price went to my high school. Russell Simmons went to my high school. I get up there. I go in his class. I look in there. I knock on the door. Oh, kids, look who it is. From your own TV Ramps, one of my former students. You know him now as Ed Lover, but he was James Roberts when he was here in high school. James, how you doing? I pull a knot of money out of my pocket, threw it on the fucking, of course I had a rubber band on it. Threw this shit on the desk. Said, look, Mr. Weiss, I'm a I'm an employed clown, motherfucker. Snatched my money up walked out the door. Call me an unemployed clown. Fucking bastard. You no. Know? You're on TV Raps, man. International hit show. Trey and I was in Detroit with uh NWA. You saw them straight out of Compton when they had to run off the stage during I hosted that show. Fucking huge. Joe Louis Arena full of people. I knew. When they introduced us and everybody lost it, I knew that shit was big, man. I wish MC Breed was here to perform Ain't No Future in Your Front. And I remember when Chuck D Flavor Flav came down to do your TV raps and Chuck handed me that, that tape. He had a tape. I have no future in your front. And he gave me a cassette tape. He gave me a cassette tape. I heard that song, man. I knew it was a hit. Then I got an opportunity to meet Breed later on. Um, you do know, TV rats afforded me to go out and hang out, you know, with uh Donnie Wahlberg, big hip hop head, Donnie and Danny was the two biggest hip hop heads in that group. I me an opportunity to meet a very young Mark Wahlberg. Got me an opportunity to know Chris rock, uh, Come on, man. We did Who's the Man because of your MTV raps. I toured with Crisscross Cross and New Jermaine and New Jay-Z and New Biggie and New Pop and Kane, Yo-Yo, MC Light, fucking Fugees, all of this. Method Man, Red Man. I remember the Wu-Tang Clan ran up on me at Jones Beach, man. Jones Beach used to have a Greek fest. Like a lot of, it's a lot of Greeks in this in this country. Big up to all the Greeks, you know. No matter what fraternity or sorority you're a part of, God bless you. You do great community work. But there used to be this Greek first fest at Jones Beach, which is one of the biggest beaches in Long Island, in New York City. I'm living in New York City at the time, and so they had a Greek fest. So, you know, all the chicks is at the Greek fest. So we going to the Greek fest. Me and the homies. I'm walking, and I get surrounded. But like 14 niggas. You Ed Lover, right? Yeah, I'm Ed Lover. What the fuck? What the fuck is the deal? Like I do something wrong? Like I'm, I'm going to have to fight. And it's only like four of us, but there's 14 of these niggas. Nah. We the Wu-Tang Clan from Staten Island. want to give you our music. I'm looking at this shit and I go, I know, I, oh wait, hold up. I know you. you Prince Rakeem. Nah, it's the RZA. Nigga, you put a record out. We used to play your record. We love you, Rakeem, on your MTV Raps. Now, I'm the RZA now. The genius. I know him. That's the genius. Now, he's the jizza, And this is such, such, this old Dirty, this Master Killer, this Raekwon, this Method Man, this Ghostface. They gave me a cassette. On one side of the cassette, it had Method Man. The M-E-T-H-O-D Man. Other side was Protect Your Neck. I'll never forget this. I don't know why I don't have a lot of this shit. But I guarantee y'all know one person that does, Bismarckie. Right? I Listen, man. I don't know why I don't still have that cassette or the MC Breed cassette I was just talking about. But I bet you Bismarckie probably got it. I remember the motherfuckers I was at Hot 97 and they gave all of us leather Wu-Tang Clan jackets with a big fucking W in the back. Never forget that shit. Loud Records jacket. My Def Jam jacket with the leather sleeves. All oh, I wanted a Def Jam jacket. Remember they gave me a Def Jam jacket. I had a sleeping bag. Records jacket. I remember Guru and Premier Gangstar performing on your TV Raps. God rest his soul. Heavy D. I remember being at the video for Crush On You smoking weed with C's and Biggie. And eating Swedish meatballs. This is what this life has afforded me. I remember driving in Miami, coming out of the, come out of the club. I don't even remember what me and Puff had a discrepancy about, but coming out of the club, jumping in the car, jumping in a in the Bentley with Puff, and riding down Ocean, not Collins Ocean. Ride right down, Puff, at the top of his game now, I'm in the car with Puff, and Puff got this drop top Bentley, and I'm next to him, it's just me and him, all the security and stuff is in front of him, fucking strip is crowded as hell, and I'm riding with Puff, and they they start, people start crowding the car, so Puff jumps out the car, security gets him out of the car, and he tells me where they're going, there's no no navigation shit, and I'm following them, and then I, and then I can't find them, and I got Puff car, and I'm driving around Miami and Puff's fucking Bentley with the top down, chilling until finally I saw somebody who told me where they were at, and then I found the spot where the party was at, and I had Puff's car. This is the kind of life this shit afforded me. I known Puff when he had a cabriolet. I remember Puff came up to the radio station and bought us the greatest probably one of, I should say one, one of the greatest promotional items I've ever seen in my life. He had a sticker on top of a Big Mac box and it said Big Mac. And inside the box was a cassette tape with Biggie on one side and Craig Mack on the other side. Like I said, I did Who's the Man, right? What was Biggie's very first record besides the remix stuff that y'all heard him on? But his very first solo record that anybody heard him on? Party and Bullshit. What was Party and Bullshit on? The Who's the Man soundtrack. Who had to approve Uptown having a Who's the Man soundtrack? Charles Stetler, myself, Dr. Dre. Ted Demi went on to have a stellar career as a film and television director. Dennis Leary's really, really first movie role? Who's the Man? Bernie Mac. Who's the Man? Queen Latifah. Who's the Man? Heavy D. Who's the Man? Run DMC was in Who's the Man? Chris Cross was in Who's the Man? Caroush One was in Who's the Man? Ted goes off to do Blow with Johnny Depp and a bunch of other shit. I'm sitting next to Michael J. Fox and all of them, and Ted did life for Eddie Murphy and Martin Lawrence, directed that. Where did he start? your are on TV Raps. Was his first feature film directorial debut? Who's the motherfucking man? Proud of the shit that I've been able to accomplish and people that I've been able to deal with because of your MTV Rides. It's been a beautiful fucking life so far and it just continues. Moni Love was in that. Ice-T, did y'all not see Ice-T in Who's the Man? Lifelong friendship with that dude. First time I was ever in L.A., Ice came and picked me up. and We was riding around in his Mercedes, and the fucking cops pulled us over and made us get out and made me sit on the curb and 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 clasp my hands behind my head. And I was like, "Ice, I don't do this shit. I'm like, I ain't doing that." I say, "Yo, ad, you, at? you at this LA man, you gotta do this shit." My dude, right now, Denzel Washington. I remember meeting Denzel Washington at at freaking. Uh, after Mo' Better Blues, I think it was, I was a big fan. So I'm kind of circling around trying to get up close to him so I could say hello. And I waited till people kind of left him alone a little bit and walked up to him, tapped him, he turned around, he said, Ed Lover, goddamn, you tall. I was like, oh shit. Denzel White, Robert De Niro knew who the fuck I was because of on TV Raps. Because his son watched it all the time. When Bill Clinton won the inauguration, MTV threw an inaugural ball for Bill Clinton and I went and I saw Robert De Niro and Martin Scorsese standing together with the actress. I can never remember this woman's name but she was in Cape Fear. And I walked up to him and I said, Mr. Scorsese, I really enjoy all your movies. I enjoy your work. Mr. De Niro, I just wanted to tell you how much I enjoy your work. And In Vogue had just performed. We know Robert De Niro like black women. And Robert De Niro looks at me and goes, I know you. You Doctor Love, you Doctor Eddie, Eddie Doctor, our uh, Dr. Doctor Eddie Dre. I know you from somewhere. Do you know, I said I'm Ed Lover from your T Raps. Yeah, my kid. I got a kid. He loves the Yo Raps thing. He watches it all the time. My kid. He really loves that. Let me ask you a question. Do you know Invoke? I'm like, yeah. Could you introduce me to Invoke? I'm like, oh shit. Robert De Niro wants me to introduce him and Martin Scorsese to Invoke. Unfucking believable. Sam Jackson, all of them, Bradford Marsalis, Wynton Marsalis, any genre, anything, it just surprised me a lot that people know me and I'm a fan of their shit. Come on, I go back with Martin Lawrence, the Def Comedy Jam, Tisha Campbell, all of them, man, all of them. All of them. Regina King, one of the greatest actresses of all time. I was at her wedding when she married my man, Ian Alexander. They ain't together now, but they got a kid together. But I knew her then. I knew her on 227. Marla Gibbs. Man, just you on TV Raps has been everything to me. My entire career. Rest in peace to all. We're not here anymore. We love you and we miss you. And we'll never forget you. Thank you. Thank you for whatever you did, man, and how you participated in the music that you made and how you made your MTV rap special, especially the Ted and Peter that put this whole thing together. I'll see y'all June 1st at the Barclays Center in New York. Rest in peace to Combat Jack, without whom I would never be podcasting. I'll say that every single time. Love you, Jack, and thanks for looking over us from heaven, bro. Thanks to A-King, Loudspeakers Network, especially Krista Hayes, doing your thing. Man, y'all keep God first. Everything else will fall into place. I'll talk at you, with you, to you, and about your ass next week. My name is Ed Lover, and I approve this message now. Come on, son. The fuck out of here with that bullshit. It's come on, son, the podcast. I'm out. This Ed Lover podcast is being done in conjunction with Cigars International. Make sure you check out cigarsinternational.com for all your cigar needs. This episode of Come On, Son, the podcast is produced and engineered by co executive producers Kimana Paulus and Krista Hayes. Recorded at Mean Street Studios in downtown Atlanta, Georgia, this is an official Loudspeakers Network podcast. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? You <laughs> a here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for 25 bucks per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. <laughs>